And that's one small step for man and one giant leap for a gentleman's chat. Episode 93 with your hosts Ian and Billy. Ian, yet again, we convene for our, our conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Did your intro come from the new <laughs> from background? Your, from your yep. background. Boys and girls, Ian has the coolest desktop background I've ever seen in my life. It is... Well, I mean, it's very simple. It's basically an astronaut swimming in an ocean of stars. Um, but it's animated, and it's like a moving animation that's his desktop background. And it's absolutely mesmerizing. I could stare at it all day long. Never get anything done. Never get anything done. Absolutely not. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm lost in it even now, just staring at it. M didn't give me much of any sort of does she like it, does she not. So it's good to know that it is nice. Listen, I'm here to support you, brother. I love it. Um, I'm also very glad that the guy's visor is reflective and you can't see his eyes because I think that would... That, that would, would be creepy. That, that would, would undo be really it for creepy. me. Yeah, that yeah. would undo it in a big way. But here he is just floating around in his spacesuit. Wonder if they had to license the NASA logo. Oh, but no, why is this? This is not good radio here. Nobody can see the guy we're talking about. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's, it's like trying to describe a picture to a blind person. Yeah, it's between that and I also have another one I like that same creator who makes these. Uh that's just an ocean, but like Earth Ocean mm. with the moon in the background. Looks mm. really nice. Yeah, this yeah. is fun. The only thing that would make it more fun is if I if I could have my desktop icons just played around. Ah. You know, like if I could just have my recycling bin in the upper left-hand corner. I absolutely hate having icons on my desk. I, know you I am do. such a minimalist guy. I don't even have the recycle bin anywhere on my screen. I know you do. You're one of those types. I have to tell you though, I have uh so as I was actually funny enough apropos, I was mentioning to you before the show that I have to build a new computer because yep. the computer I have now doesn't it started off, it doesn't have enough hard drive space. I need to put a new hard drive in. Well, the parts are getting a bit old, and I'm getting married in 17 days, so I thought I'd need a gift for myself, you know? So I bought myself all, all the parts for a new computer, basically. And uh, I, I'm going to have to uh, I'm gonna have to get this on there when I, when I build my new computer and, and also clean up my desktop a little bit. I used to have a friend that, like, he only had one monitor, but literally every space on it was filled with an icon of some kind and i can't do that that would give me a headache i struggle even with the minimal icons that i have i basically just have all of and like any app launchers that yep. are just on the left hand side and then some composition shortcuts like if i want to get to a score that i'm working on there'll be a shortcut mm -hmm. there um but yeah you take minimalism to a whole new level even your desk is minimalist you've got this sock sitting there a Zippo That's lighter actually... and a pistol. Those are the those yeah, are the things yeah. Ian has sitting. He has a Zippo lighter, doesn't smoke. He has a sock, and he has. <laughs> we don't know what the socks for. We don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and, yeah. Why and do you he, do me like that? You can you can see what it's and, for. And he has a pistol. Unloaded. All of which don't actually sit on my desk when I'm not at it. Yeah, the sock for those <laughs> who are war, who need to know. It's just a full wool sock that I like to rest my wrist on, and I use it as a wrist rest because I don't want to have to pay for a wrist rest. So I just put a, I fold a sock over and use that. 
Yeah, and for some reason, it looks like it's... Every time I'm over, it looks like it's washed, so it's well taken care of. <laughs> That's actually because every time you're over, it's a different one. I I don't actually wear this particular sock <laughs> ever. I don't know where I've gotten them, but I have six of them. I have three pairs, and I just alternate them as my wrist rest. That's fantastic. And every couple days, yeah, I throw one in the wash so they're all clean. What I love about that is that you're... you're premise for this is you don't want to buy a wrist rest folks let me describe to you the setup that ian and i set at every single week he's got a hardwood desk yep. right with some drawers quite long he's got some bottles of booze on one side and then he has his mixer the brand new roadcaster that we go into his two monitors uh you're more than 144 hertz now, aren't you? Yeah, both of them are. Yeah, yeah. So you're they're 165 and 240. Okay, so we've got expensive monitors. <laughs> we have some of the newest computer equipment that is available on the market. Ian's whole setup is probably five digits, if you include <laughs> all the things that I'm looking at. That includes the softbox lighting. That lights up his room. <laughs> they are photo lights. He has yeah. photo lights that he just uses to light his room randomly. There is easily five digits sitting in front of Probably. me. And yet my man Ian is so stingy. He outright <laughs> refuses to buy himself a... This mouse pad alone <laughs> is more than five or seven wrist rests you could buy <laughs> for the cl- for the mounts you don't even have monitors on on regular like what they come with you have mounted monitors yeah you have multiple mounted <laughs> monitors and you can't buy a wrist rest i can i that just don't he- want that to. headset right there is four hundred dollars <laughs> uh, yeah yeah roughly about that can't believe it <laughs> at any rate Ian, the real thing i want to talk to you about is not your stinginess but of an epidemic that I've become aware of in America. In fact, America, and I would pose the whole world, segregated to the male population. Every single time I've gone into a public bathroom (laughs) in the past year, every single time there is a guy in a stall sounding like he's passing kidney stones. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I do not know. It is an epidemic amongst men in this world. I don't know what it is. Every single time I hear moaning and groaning and, like, distress. I hear people blowing out blood vessels here trying to go to the bathroom. I don't know what it is about men in this society. But we need to do better with our fiber, guys. Because this is getting abhorrent. I walked into a public bathroom the other day at a festival, music festival, line of stalls being taken up. It was like listening to a bunch of freaking cows. They were all just mooing up a storm. They were pressing so hard. It was terrible. Taco Bell's too popular. It was terrible. And it, I mean, I, I just, it can't be that hard to go to the bathroom. It just can't be. Even even guys that are at urinals. I stood next to a fella yesterday. I don't I listen, I'm not gonna make judgment on what this fellow is doing. But I'll tell you what, it was the most distressing bathroom experience I've ever heard. I was stood next to this guy thinking, like, dude, are you okay? Do you need help? Should I call the medic? Like it was genuinely concerning standing next to this fella trying to use the bathroom. It <laughs> genuinely was. I don't often find myself in public bathrooms, so I haven't been able to document this. 
I know I've passed one kidney stone in my life, and I was too young to know what it was, so I was just embarrassed. So maybe everybody's just getting kidney stones. I was like 12. and Really? Yeah, I was 12. A kidney stone at 12? Yeah, I passed one kidney stone, only, a- only realized after when my parents finally found out, though I hit it very well, because I was super embarrassed. As a 12-year-old kid, not really understanding things. Hmm. Uh, when you have a kidney stone, sometimes things get cut. And so it wasn't just urine. And I was freaking out. I'm like, I can't let anybody know this. This is not normal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I kept it to myself. Uh, That's a real 12 year old mindset. They're like, oh God, I'm urinating blood. I should not. What I should do is tell nobody about it. Exactly. Because then they'll know I'm different. It was only like a couple of weeks later. I don't know how it came up, but I must have let something slip or whatnot. My dad's like, yeah, you you probably should have had that looked at. And I'm like, what? How did you find out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I don't know if I've told this story in here before, but I had uh, a colleague of mine at work have urine in their bowels, in their, which is yeah. like really terrifying. Yeah. And if you have you know blood in your stool bad things are happening so at any rate he uh he noticed that there was blood in his stool and he freaked out so we went to the doctor the next day like this is what's happening help me so they ran all these tests on him i mean blood work mris they put him through everything like we don't you know we don't exactly know what's wrong yet but we'll do some tests and we'll get back to you in a day and he went home and he opened up his fridge and he had a red velvet cake oh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that the night that like two nights before he had, he had eaten like three quarters of the cake late at night <laughs> so he he had to call the doctor and say never mind i know exactly what it is <laughs> i'd like to think there's some tests that come out like a week later after this incident and they're like you that there's something strange here it was all cake. It was, t- <laughs> it was frosting. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was so funny to hear him tell because he said, "I, I, yeah, I, I ate a cake, a couple, the red velvet cake, a few nights before. I pounded it late at night. And it turns out that was the problem. Oh yeah. Oh man, could you imagine? Hooey. Hey, at least it was red velvet cake and not the flip side. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. At least he wasn't dying yeah. of you know cancer or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's just a just a late night out, a late night excursion. Are you a late night snacker? No. Oh, man. I am a midday snacker more than I'm a late night snacker. I used to be a terrible late night snacker. I'm not anymore. You're not really a snacker, though, are you? No. Everything that I like is not snack food because I hate sweets. So Mm. that takes all of that out. And salt, like chips and whatnot, I'm okay with five chips maybe. But after that, I'm like, this is plenty. I could not eat more. I just love eating. Yeah. Like the the physical act of eating, I find deeply enjoying. <laughs> like I could see that. I feel the same way with like main dishes. If you put a rack of ribs in front of me, I will keep eating the ribs until the ribs are no more. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I'm so bad because I eat till I'm full and then a little more because oh, I don't yeah. I don't want oh, the yeah. experience to end. You know, I'm like a, I'm like a 12-year-old on a Ferris wheel or on a, on a roller coaster at Six Flags like, "Well, we got to go again. Come on now." Yep. Yeah, that's that's how I am with food. So I feel like most people can relate because at at this point, we've done it enough where you can tell you're full, 
But you're sitting and looking at the rest of the plate, and you're going, but I think I want to finish that anyhow. Here's the thing that I do. It really pisses off my soon-to-be wife. I will take, so we'll make dinner, and I will take small portions. You know, if we have chicken, I'll take half a chicken breast. I'll take a couple of carrots. You know, I'll, I'll take a few slices of, you know, if we have like fried potatoes or something, I'll take yep. a little bit of it. And then I'll eat it all, and I'll go, ah, seconds. And I get the experience, the excitement, the overwhelming joy of going yet again for another plate of food. Right? So I get twice the excitement for the same amount of food. I only learned some time ago now. But when we started dating, this was the thing that I would do. So I would eat at her house, and I would do my methodology. And she used to freak out. Because she thought, oh my gosh, like is he going to think that I'm a pig that I eat like all this food? And, like, does he think is he going to think bad about me that I that I have a full plate of food? And, I, and so she was panicked. She used to eat like nothing when we were together oh, no. for months until I until we were talking about it one day, and I was finally like, yeah, I love getting no like a very little food on my plate, and then I get the joy of going again. And she said, oh thank God. <laughs> this whole time I thought that I was just some sort of pig. And that, you know, you are, you know, you were judging me. It's like, no, I just like food. I love the enjoyment of yep. getting more food. If I have thirds, I love that. Yep. I don't actually eat more food than you. I just eat it in sittings <laughs> because then I get the joy of eating more. That's how I am with food. That's something I feel every man can relate to, which makes it really odd that I've heard tale time and time again of lovely young women that are afraid to eat around their guy because they think he's going to think poorly of them. You know what's going through our mind during dinner time? <laughs> I get to eat. This is amazing. And if we look over there and you have your half a tomato you're trying to eat as your whole meal, we're kind of like, what is wrong with them? Yeah. <laughs> Do yes. they not like eating? Yeah, it's terrible. Women, yeah. those of you out there that are in new relationships that are in the place where my soon-to-be wife was when we first started, stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. It's ridiculous because here's the deal. If you can't eat like an absolute animal, I'm talking fingers, no forks, no napkin needed in front of your – I'm wide – just mouth wide open chewing. If you can't do that in front of your partner, they're not the one for you. Now, listen, all that being said, if you do that every single meal, that might be a little much. Yeah. But as a point, here, hey, you got, actually, here, let me help you. <laughs> let me help your relationship right now. Come in close. Turn up the radio in your car. Here's what you need to do tonight. Whoever makes or gets dinner, when you get it, you need to make sure that you sit at the table. Hey, it's a special night, you and me. Pour a glass of wine or maybe a zesty beverage of your choosing. Then... When you have the forks laid out on the right-hand side, as is proper, and you have the napkin underneath them, the knife on the left-hand side facing out, of course, what you do is gently slide those away from yourself. Take your fingers, your hands, and just start digging in. And I mean animalistically. Just dig on into it and see what your partner says. I bet he won't say anything because he's too busy focused on his own food. My partner would definitely speak up. 100% yours would. On the account that I never like eating anything with my hands. Because I hate messy hands. No, just personally. But the girl needs to do this. Oh, yeah. She it's can. like if your partner did it. I already know what we're having tonight. I went out. Went to Woodman's. Great place, by the way. Woodman's sponsor us. I know you don't do that, but you're my favorite grocery store. Amen. <laughs> um. Anyhow, and got mini corn dogs. 
what's our great deep fried so we're having mm. like deep fried mini corn dogs fries that works and i know i'm the only one that's going to eat those with a fork because i don't like touching greasy stuff yeah and but she won't use a fork because obviously normal people she's like well that's a waste i can pick it up and eat it which i also understand yeah i don't know i think i've kind of gotten into the habit because sometimes when i eat dinner a lot of times for sure in the past i would eat at my office desk yep so i'd be trying to do work Uh, i try not to do that anymore usually i try to reserve that 45 minutes for like her and me time sit on the couch we used to have date night, and now we don't anymore, and I'm really bummed about that. You're past that point so in the relationship. I, well, yeah. well, and not even that. We're just so busy. Like, I love... We used to have it, like, no matter what happens, Wednesday night, past 6 p.m., don't try to get a hold of us because we're doing something. Whether it's something basic, like going mini-golfing, we're going for a walk, if we're going to go ride the horses, or like, whatever we're doing, that's, what, that's like, our time. And then we just kind of got away from it because, you know, well, oh, I got a thing until 6.30, Yeah. Oh, I tonight I can't because I work till eight. You know, and those sorts of things crept in, and we just kind of forgot about it. I'm bummed about it though. I'd like to bring it back. You do do have a fifty percent say in this matter. I know I do, but her schedule and my schedule don't line up very well. Ah, pasha. What you doing at two a.m.? Just set a time, normal sleep time, but we wake up two (laughs) a.m. to two forty-five. No shot, dude. No shot. And they go back to bed. I'm not. Nope. I don't want to deal with that. With that, I don't want to deal with that. No, no, thanks. That would be a waste of a night. For that sure. would be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> is what that'd be, because we'd have all these plans, right? Wake up alarm at two o'clock. Oh God, what is that? Oh wait, like, I woke up at two. Like, I'm going back to bed. Like, hey, hey, dear, you want to start date night? Absolutely not. Why would I do that? Of course, she's still sleeping while she's saying all these words to me. Well, come on, it'll be fun. No, it won't. <laughs> Go back to bed. Yeah, I will say if I'm ever up late at night, 2 a.m., if you're walking, nobody else is ever around. So if you're outside doing something, it's almost like you have complete freedom. Like you're the only one out there alive. Yeah, that's what nice. Ian thought until the officer pulled him over the other day for walking around nude. <laughs> <laughs> I was in shoes. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Shoes. Well, you should have put a shirt on, too. At least you could have got service shoes at local. <laughs> Uh, that would that would be good enough to make local news for sure oh absolutely like local man goes in i don't know quick trip or something with no no pants but shirt and shoes and demands service i'm sure somebody has done that right because we've all read the sign that says no shirt no shoes and every single one of us is like why isn't there pants on right right somebody has to be trying late at night to walk in you know airing it all out with a shirt on though yeah also, I feel like shirt is very vague with those signs because dresses don't count. If you were like a full onesie, I forget what they're called. Uh, women wear them. Bodysuit? Sure. That too. That's, that's not, not a, a shirt. Dress, but... Yeah, that's not a shirt. If you wear a kilt, that's not a shirt. Fair enough. Yeah. I think what they're really getting at is that all the bits are covered and that I'm not looking at your thighs generally speaking although there are some guys that i would question this on because there are some short shorts in guy fashion now so guys are going back to like the early 90s where they have the gym shorts hiked way up yeah yeah it's gross yeah yeah well it's actually it's like a 70s move too you know that is true he's walking around a speedo yeah right when bodybuilding really caught up 
Yeah. And when Arnold out. was big. Yeah, and everybody's like, well, if I'm taking this many steroids, you might as well be able to see every vein in my thigh. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't like that. I find that to be discomforting. Yeah. Walking around the store, even at places like, okay, if I'm in a Walmart standing in an aisle, which I try not to be at a Walmart, but it's the only thing in the city that we live in. So, um, you know, I'll be standing there, and you know, maybe just picking out uh, my favorite wasp poison because I've been doing that a lot recently. And some dude will come wandering by with his, you know, high school friends, and they're in tank tops and shorts that are like basically briefs. Yeah. Like, I'm, and, you know, they're uh, sandals or whatever. It's like, I don't think this constitutes as an outfit. What, here's why. What are you going to do other than go to the beach? You can't do anything else. Go to if Walmart. You, if you get, get, I guess, if you get a flat tire on the side of the road and you step out wearing that, sorry, mate, I'm not stopping. <laughs> it just it does happening. feel like some kind of con at that point. Yeah. It's like, what is happening here? Hey, at least we've stopped at that for men. Men seem to be a couple years behind women in terms of fashion, where think of things like skinny jeans women got skinny jeans 10 years later it got really popular with guys to wear skinny jeans especially like the skater type mm. where they came out with the different colors don't look good on guys incredibly indecent now we're getting uh there for a while at the gym girls started cutting the sides of their shirts yep and then five years later or whatnot guys do that now for whatever reason and now girls are all the way or most of the time especially working out or if they're walking or jogging or i guess in walmart they wear just undergarments they won't they'll claim they'll swear to me up and down that they're not undergarments <laughs> they're like sportswear but if your sportswear is a sports bra and then you know the short short like spandex that are just like a man's boxers yep. that's all they are <laughs> yeah yeah just think in 10 years that's what men will be wearing that's in the we'll walmart be, that's what we'll be walking around Ooh. with we'll just be walking around in our undergarments Ooh. yeah no thanks yeah no that'd be horrifying that would not be good all right ian i have a topic for you in fact you get a choice of topic this is like those books we used to read when we were kids where you get to uh decide yeah, your, adventure. your own adventure yeah yeah so i have three options for you one of them is a story well here let me let me let me set the context first this comes from one of my favorite reddits of all time which is am i the asshole which is basically where people go and they post things that happen to them in their lives and they pose to the Reddit verse, yep. am I in the wrong here? And generally, people will post stuff there trying to have people like make them feel better about their decisions. Like Obviously, yeah. you're not in the wrong here, but you just want people to make you feel like you're good. However, some of them are both comical and or on the line. So I pose for you, Ian, a topic about a parent yelling at their uh son or daughter's teacher until they cried i posed the teacher or the kid teacher not the kid that's an accomplishment i posed for you a topic on removing a son's door from his bedroom or a story on complaining that my in-laws are staying at my house for too long which of these would you like to battle oh we'll we'll do door number one because mm. number two, not going to be very interesting. It's going to be a very concise answer from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very easy. Yeah. Even when I read it, I was like, am I wrong? So I'll even give you a synopsis of the second one for like yeah. in 10 seconds. Basically, the son snuck out at night, went to a party, came home, and the dad's like, yeah, that's not happening. So he took the door off. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. 
<laughs> so you want to know about the teacher being reduced Heck to tears. Yes. All right. We love us a good teacher yelling. I also, if there is any particulars in there at what caused the tears, I do want to know oh, those too. Okay. There are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, boys and girls, buckle in for a gentleman's chat. Am I the asshole? Last Thursday, I, a 36-year-old male, got a call from my son's school telling me that I need to come and collect him because he had passed out during class. My son has passed out a good few times before, so we've made sure he knows what to do when he starts to feel faint to make sure he doesn't hurt himself. However, when I arrived at the school, my son was holding an ice pack to his head. When I asked him, or I'm sorry, when I asked about it, the nurse told me that he had hit his head when he fell. I wondered why he didn't lay down like we taught him to, but... I brushed it off and decided to ask him later as he was still kind of out of it. The next day, I asked him about it, and what he told me made my blood boil. Apparently, when my son had first started to feel like he was going to pass out, he tried to tell his teacher. When he stood up to talk to her, he was immediately yelled at to sit back down. The next time he tried to tell her, she told him that he didn't look sick, so he wasn't allowed to go to the nurse's office. Then... His class was doing an activity that required standing for practically the rest of the lesson. Before the activity started, my son, yet again, told his teacher that he felt like he was going to pass out and asked if he could sit out the activity. The teacher responded by yelling at him, claiming that he was, quote, just being lazy and was making excuses. My son's friend was getting worried about him and told the teacher, who then started yelling at the friend, accusing the both of them of trying to get out of the lesson. Not even a minute later, my son passed out, and according to his friend and a couple of other classmates, she acted very shocked, as if she hadn't been ignoring him trying to tell her that he felt faint for the past five minutes. I'm extremely worried about the impact this will have on my son, as when the fainting first started, he didn't tell any of his teachers that he was, as he was scared they were going to yell at him. Sort of like Ian's 12-year-old story. <laughs> this resulted in quite a few injuries from falling and has taken him... I'm sorry. It has taken a while for him to start telling them when he's feeling faint, and I'm afraid this incident will cause him to stop asking, and he will hurt himself. It continues on. Um, here we go. I had wanted to go down to the school the next day, but my son had uh, had a day off. He was because he was home ill. And my wife wasn't home from work. The following Monday, I arranged an appointment with the principal. After I explained what had happened, he called my son's teacher in, who then tried to deny the fact that he had ever told that... One minute. This is a poorly worded sentence, but I'll get through this, boys and girls. It is a Reddit post. Who then tried to deny the fact that he ever told her anything and that he had just randomly collapsed. It is, that, it is at this point where I might be the asshole. I was pissed. I began to scream at her, yelling about how my son could have gotten hurt. I was so pissed, I hadn't even noticed when she started to cry. By this point, I was asked to leave by the principal. My wife and some of my friends think that I'm in the right, but my, but the, but my parents, so his parents, and the other half of my friends think I went too far. I don't know about this one. What do you guys think? Am I the asshole? Uh, this one really, to me is very crucially determined on whether or not his son actually said something in class. Mm -hmm. Because if the kid is just telling the father that, but for whatever reason didn't say it in class, was too scared, various reasons just didn't, well, then obviously you're in the wrong because 
the teacher was telling the truth and you know, lambasted them for nothing. I find it very difficult to believe someone who faints a lot wouldn't speak up. And under very brief uh, investigation, you could ask the other kids in the class, even one or two, and say, hey, did this kid say anything? At that point, and let's say for the sake of discussion, and what I believe to be true, the kid was telling the truth, and they did say something. Well, now you are completely justified. In fact, if all you did was yell at the teacher when your son hit his head as a child because of the teacher's direct responses, I probably would have hit the teacher. Mm. Yeah, and then when I was asked to leave, I'd probably say some harsh things to the principal and they'd both be upset. Yeah. If I could manage not to strike the teacher, making them cry, completely justified, you're in the right. In fact, it was the morally sound thing to do in my <laughs> eyes. If you're not allowed, because obviously you'll get in legal trouble if you strike them. So that one, it really depends on how dangerous you thought you feel the teacher put your child in making them cry completely justified and morally sound on top of that i would say because obviously your child's gonna be with this teacher the rest of the uh school year at minimum Mm -hmm. i would sit down with your child and explain to them well adults make mistakes too And if you know better and you're going to faint, ignore your teacher. Ignore. Right. And, of course, little Jimmy or whoever the child is is going to say, I can't do that. I'll get in trouble. It's like, no, 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 no. I'll take care of that. You're not going to get in trouble. And they can't do anything to you. You can explain, like, they can't touch you, so they can't move you. They can't do any lasting thing to you without my consent. And obviously I'm not going to throw you under the bus. So do what you know is necessary medically. And afterwards we'll deal with the consequences together. Yeah. I think if I was to add anything to that, I would say that um, it's time for this ad read. This episode of the gentleman's chat is brought to you by into the AM Into the AM is your one-stop shop for elevated everyday apparel. Their unique designs, high-quality fabrics, and affordable prices make them the best place to shop for all of your apparel needs. So, go to IntoTheAM.com and use coupon code ASCENSION to get 10% off your purchase. So what are you waiting for? It's time to bring your fashion game to the next level with Into the AM. In all sincerity, I think what I would actually say is uh you know i can see it from a teacher's perspective too invisible illnesses are hard very much so because you can't tell if it's actual or if it is an excuse i deal with a lot of students that have invisible illnesses that are neurodivergent and it's really hard to decipher some days whether they need a break because they need a break or they need a break because they want a break or because they don't want to be doing the activity you know there's a there it and I also think they didn't say the grade that the student was in. 
I'm picturing elementary school. I mean, if the guy's 36. I was thinking third, fourth grade. Yeah. That's the picture I have in my head. Yeah. I don't know if it is. In my head, I also went elementary for sure. Yeah. Before sixth grade. Um, So I think when you're dealing in that context, it's really tricky. But also just as a teacher, like from a teacher to a teacher, if a kid is saying something to you multiple times, even before the friends say anything, you should say, oh, well, how about you sit down and go over here? Like, why don't you? I don't know why it was an all or nothing situation. Yeah. Like what? Compromise. Yeah. Why don't we find something in the middle? Like, okay. You're not feeling very well. That's totally okay. This lesson, I don't know what the lesson is, requires them to do standing. I'm assuming it's a science lesson maybe, or maybe it's a gym related lesson. They don't live don't in know. the United States. The guy did mention that in like his little edit. Um, so it could be a gym related activity. I don't know. Why don't they just sit down and participate in the activity in a seated fashion? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's some differentiation we could do, especially if you know this kid faints. Like they, that—that like, is a crucial bit right, of information. Right. If it's you like, know it, they faint. Then why would you go one for the all-or-nothing approach, or two, err on the side of you don't believe them? Like if you know they're faint. Right, right. You know, it's sort of interesting that it's the it's sort of like the teacher acted like they didn't know. Like woe is me, I never knew. Well, yeah. you absolutely know that. And if and if you don't, then that parent is doing a poor job. Then they're in the wrong. Because if you don't let the teacher know that, yeah, I'm going to say no to a kid. Oh, I don't feel so well. Can I, stay, can I stay seated? No, you can't. We're all doing the activity. Get over here. Quit goofing around. Right? Yes. But if you know this kid has a medical issue, then you are an absolute dumb-dumb. Yeah. From the context, it sounds like this is not the first time in school this yes, has happened. I agree. So at that point, really, you're not going to trust... The child who says, hey, you know that thing I do every other Thursday? It's happening. Yeah, yeah. Final answer on this one, Ian. Is this guy the asshole? Nah. Okay, there we go. Are you ready for door number three? Sounds good. Let's learn about some in-laws, shall we? I also got to make my way back to the uh, the drug posts, because those are fun. What was that? I don't remember what that... Um, Jeez, what was it called? Remember we read the one about the guy that took all the Benadryl? Oh, yep. It would have been the Benadryl test. Yeah, but there's a subreddit for people that do that. Like, there's a Reddit of people that, like, what we do is we get home from work and we OD on benzos. I hate government intervention and spying, but if, at least the U.S. government, we do it anyhow, so you might as well find yourselves on those kind of reddit forums and go help people before they kill themselves <laughs> I, if you're gonna overstep your bounds at least do that i don't use reddit i don't even have a reddit account i just know it's about some of these thing? i thought it was just yeah. like a normal website well you can read stuff but i think to contribute you need to have an account oh, and gotcha. i know that there's an age limit like some of the subreddits are like 18 plus or not safe for work from considered. what i've heard about reddit that's probably a good thing. i think most of them are that honestly yeah um, so I, my understanding is that to, you have to have an account to view, to the view that content stuff, to, to yeah. say that you're over 18. Although I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't have a red account. I gotcha. have no idea. I can view this though yeah. without an account. So here we go. Am I the asshole for complaining? My in-laws are staying too long at my house. Here we go. This is kind of a lengthy one, but I should be able to get through it pretty quick. My wife and I have been together for 20 years, married for 10 and have four kids. Oh, I'm sorry, and have a four-year-old. Just one kid that's four. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. 
I have gotten along so-so with my in-laws over the years. They are not people I would have a relationship with if not for being my wife's parents. They hold different political views, lead sedentary lives, and spend the majority of their time prying into other people's business and generally complaining about everything. They are tolerable in small doses. They live in Florida, where they gloat about the warm weather in the winter and then complain about the heat in the summer. My wife, kid, and I happily live in New England. Late last year, I'm sorry, just last year, they stayed with us for three weeks during July. It almost ruined my summer. I talked with my wife, and she half understood my perspective, and we agreed that they would not stay with us for so long if it happened again. Well, fast forward a year, and here we are, three weeks into a six-week stay. And I'm beginning to lose my mind. Sure, we have some built-in babysitting while they are here, and they will occasionally make dinner for everyone. I miss the day-to-day of just being able to be with my wife and kid. My in-laws are always at my house. I get up and see them in the morning, and my blood already starts to boil. I work from home full-time, and they're always just here doing pretty much nothing. They are consistently in my way while I try to do house chores, gossiping about, or they're also gossiping about unimportant bullshit or telling my wife or I how we should be doing things. There are, uh, there is a, (laughs) I love this quote. There is a snowball's chance in hell my wife would be as accommodating as I am if it were my parents staying with us for so long. I talked to my wife to see if she could talk to her parents about going somewhere else. Maybe take a weekend trip or stay with other family in the area. She told me it's not too long and just to get over it. Am I the asshole for thinking six weeks is too long for house guests and before you weigh in? I want you to know that this is a very divided topic. Is it There is not a clear winner in this comment section here. There's 124 comments and it's kind of now, you know, it's mostly one way and I won't tell you which, although you'll probably Mm -hmm. discern it, but there is some conversation about it. It is mostly one way because I think there's an objective, correct answer here. However, I could be mistaken on this on account of I won't. I am not married, so I don't currently have in-laws. And I actually don't have a whole lot of experience with family outside my immediate family anyhow, because both my parents' sides of the family are all dead when I was like four So I've never grown up or encountered any of them. So I have never had to deal with anyone staying over or anything like that. Having said that, kick them out. (laughs) Obviously kick them out. It's yours and your wife's abode. I understand there is a scale, a gradient of how much people are emotionally attached to their families that they grew up with. However, you need to step back or help your wife step back and realize your immediate family is her, yourself, and your kid. This is the family you need to worry about, and her parents are not part of this family. When she was young... And she was living with her parents. They had an immediate family. How do you think they would feel if that immediate family was then 
having the house two people they vaguely know and don't like for <laughs> extended periods of time. There is a reason the immediate family unit works so well the way it is, is because it's kept immediate. As soon as you expand this long term with anyone outside the immediate family, you are now living with people who are not immediate family. Whether or not that is your in-laws or two hitchhikers that you picked up on your way home staying for six weeks. Uh, at that point, if it's well over a month's worth of stay, it doesn't really matter who it is. They're, they're pushing the envelope unless you want them there. Yeah, I believe that the guy is right to be upset. I mean, if three weeks was too long and you told your wife and she invited them back for six weeks. That would like, be a, yeah. Also, I'm a little perplexed because I, from the in-laws aren't guiltless in this either. Like, why would you spend six weeks at someone's house and not think to say, oh, we'll plan like another little mini trip in between or we'll go visit somewhere, we'll go for a long weekend. Like, how could you possibly think that staying at someone's house and disrupting their life for six weeks during the summer is completely okay? Like, I don't even want to stay at someone's house for a day or yep. three days. If I stay at someone's house for, for multiple... For like the weekend? Yeah, if yeah. I stay at someone's house for multiple days... You feel like you're intruding. I feel like I am inconveniencing them. So I would never agree to six weeks somewhere. Correct. I just couldn't couldn't imagine that. And it sounds like if they can spend six weeks, like seven states upwards on the coast, it probably means that they're retired. Yep. If they're retired, they have nowhere to be anyhow. So they can have nowhere to be, not where you be. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's reasonable to assert that where obviously you don't want to ruffle feathers because you're going to have to deal with these people until they or you die because that's how family works. However, it is completely within your purview to sit everyone down, your wife included, because obviously you don't want any hard feelings between the other or any miscommunication. So sit your wife and her parents down and say, hey, we cannot be doing this for this amount of time. This is my life. And we need some sort of boundaries. Yep. I also think, you know, he made mention that he works full time from home. I don't understand why he's not leveraging that right away. Immediately. Like, listen, like day I'm one. at home taking meetings. You know that you can't be here. Yep. And I don't know what he does for work. It could be something as benign as software engineer, but all the same, like, this is this is my place of business. Yeah, for better or for worse, like I can't believe the wife would go. Oh yeah, six weeks is great. Steve works from home. He only, he'll be with you all day. It's like why? So the wife I think is absolutely delusional. Yes, or 100%. a poor listener, which I would I would wager. I would both. wager as well. Yes. Yep. Um, but I also think that he should be able to say, and it's something something I'm gonna infer here, but something tells me he said no, and that just. He didn't correct. Wasn't listened to. I would immediately be all over like, "Hey, I work here. I can't have people just wandering around the house doing stuff when I'm trying to get work done. It's distracting to me. Mm -hmm. I am trying to 
get my job done. Yes. And what am I going to tell my boss? Sorry, my in-laws are here for almost two months. Yep. Like, that's not how that works. Yeah, your boss isn't going to have that as an excuse either. If yeah. you said they're here for the weekend, then maybe. But as soon as you're like, yeah, for the next two months, they'll be here. No, that's not how anyone would justify He also didn't mention they were having health issues. Like, if the in-laws are having health issues and they like, and there are Caring things Caring for someone is different. Yes. Way different, way different. And even if you don't want to, sometimes, buddy, you got to step up to the plate and do it. Correct. But if they're of sign, if they're, sound mind and body and they're just here crashing He specifically house, said July. And if it's July, I lived in Florida. It's probably because, as mentioned earlier, it's hot. So they're yep. just vacationing taking advantage of you guys living in New England to get out of the heat for the hottest of the months. Yep. It's exactly what it sounds like. And you're justified to kick them out. And I understand that being assertive at times, especially as like the man of a household, can make you seem like a bad guy. And it could hurt people's feelings. But if you're looking at this as a long-term rest-of-your-life relationship... A little bit of heartache or an argument in which an argument must ensue to resolve the current issue. Otherwise, you will be put through this every single year now, mm. the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And based on the patterns, it's probably going to get more and more until they're practically living they're with you. Six months. <laughs> exactly. So you need to be able to be assertive and set boundaries. And that's just not personally for the guys in a relationship, anyone in a long-term committed relationship, this is a good thing to take out of this. You need to be assertive enough and stand up for yourself enough that if something is going to pose a problem or a potential problem for the relationship at hand, you need to swallow the pill and you need to confront it before it becomes a problem for you. Yes. Because in five years, if they're now spending... Uh, I don't know, half the year, six, the six hot months of Florida, if they're not living with you six months out of the year, you don't really have much recourse now because you've let it get that far. Right. And now if something becomes a problem, it's going to be a much bigger problem. Yeah. I also think that, you know, and I apologize here. I'm, I'm sending a text message because there's a, a set of things here. I was going to piggyback off of that and say that, like, to give an anecdote, I had been dealing with some some things in our house with my 2B wife. And I was in my head, I was like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Move on from it. Mm -hmm. Right. But after a while, it was like, you know, I could either sit here and be just mildly distraught, upset, whatever, yep. or we can just fix it. Right. So. I went like a year just hiding whatever feelings were there. Yep. And then I had a conversation with her like a week ago. And I was like, hey, I know we had talked about this like a year ago and hadn't talked about it since. It's really bothering me. This is a thing I've been dealing with. You know, it, like what can we do about it? And I was staggered at how like open she was about it. like, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. We can work on that. Most of the time and, that's how it works. Right. And she's not claiming perfection. She's like, oh, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and like be the perfect version yeah. of this thing that we're trying but to get try. to. But like, why? Yeah, that's fine. We can make that work. So I don't know if this guy's wife is just that hard headed. It's or, probably a mixture of her emotional attachment, the hard headedness and his refusal to be assertive. 
I'd pick out those. I problems. agree. I agree. I don't think he's the asshole, yep. but I think he could do better. I wouldn't actually say he's alone in that regard. I would say, especially seeing the divorce rates mm. and all of the stereotypes, you can tell this is a deep seated issue through the stereotypes of marriage throughout time, where if you look at, let's say a late middle-aged couple and all the jokes and stereotypes they tell, they hate each other. But why do they hate each other? They hate each other and they'll tell you they hate each other because for the past 30 years that they've been together, this little thing that they refuse to change and they never change has been grating at you Mm. and grating. And you've let that fester into resentment for 30 years until finally you guys just loathe each other. How easy would it be instead of, you know, living with each other's resentment for the next 30 years or 70 or however long uh, you guys live together? Just stop it at the source. Yes, it'll be discomfortable. It might even mean you're going to bed angry that night. But you know what? That's one night. That's not every day for the next 30 years. Right. Right. Yeah, I... It's always tricky, especially when you talk about stuff like that, because changing stuff in relationships is tricky because you need to balance the like, hey, they need to be their own person. Yeah. And we need to make this thing work. I actually I sort of think of it a little bit like joint bank accounts, you know, a little bit like, hey, we each have our own separate bank account, but we also have a joint bank account. Like someone's got to put money in this bank account. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And we both should probably put in what is equal, you know. We should get a fair share. And then when it comes to spending it, we should be talking about it. I think a relationship works the same way. Like we need to be our individual selves, but we also need to figure out how to work interdependently. I This is the best phrase I ever heard by somebody about being independent, as in like two stone walls standing yep. up and down parallel, being dependent where one of the walls is being held up by the other one, or interdependent where they're both laying on top of each other to survive. It's like how, you know, if you're ever sleeping in the woods, you just don't have a tent. You lean up against the guy next to you and he leans up against you. And now you're interdependent. At any rate, I'll digress to the point that I don't think this guy's the asshole. No, not in the I think he's in the right. In fact, I applaud him for going to Reddit of all places as opposed to not just losing his marbles. I lost my marbles. Now, I shouldn't say that because I like my in-laws. My in-laws are great. But anybody staying at my house mm-hmm. for six weeks is going to drive me nuts. I love my in-laws as well, or will be in-laws. However, I would never even consider the proposition that they stay with us for six weeks. I would say no. Just like that. And right. th- that'll be that conversation. Yeah. However, obviously, this is not one-sided. If my in or if my parents, my folks ever wanted to stay and they were going to overstay their welcome or want to say six weeks, she has every right to also say no. Granted, she won't have to because I'd say no first. Yeah. But do you think that that's do you think that that is a stance that is informed by the fact that we live close to our families? A large parts of our families? Uh, I guess it really depends. Uh, it's definitely reinforced with. We've been around our families most of our lives and haven't really, we we haven't ventured out. We're not states away um, like some people do. And I guess if you're states away for a couple years at a time, maybe you have the inkling that you really want to see these people and be with them for a while. That is possible. But I can say the biggest reason is 
I would find it insufferable if they were with me for six weeks. Well, I, six weeks is so long. I just that can't get over really six long. weeks. Six whole weeks. Like, okay, so a large part of my family, I guess this is a counteractive to what I just mentioned to you as a question, but <laughs> a large part of my family, the ones that are living at least, live in Kentucky. And yep. when they come up, they'll come up for four days, five days. Seven days is the longest I've seen. You come up. You celebrate, you have your get-togethers, your parties, you go your places, you do your things, and then everyone goes back to their lives. Yep. Like seven days. And even on day seven, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like I'm really glad that grandma's here and I get to see her and I love her a lot. Really? But okay. I I can see, like, I want to go back to my life. Like, like life needs me. Gotcha. I can't be in this bubble forever. My family's never done that. We have Thanksgiving and family reunions, uh, one obviously each a year. Are the only time I really see the family. Mm. And what remains of my extended family, they all live in Louisiana, so once again, quite far away. They actually come up here, and they always, almost always come Friday night. They stay the night, and then they're here Saturday, and then they leave. Either Saturday night or Sunday morning. And I have never, I have never stopped and thought, you know what? I wish they were here longer. <laughs> it's and it's not necessarily bad. It's like, yeah, it's great catching up with you. It's great seeing you. But I wouldn't even know what to do the like an entire week after that point. Especially yeah. with family cuz there's some things, I know there's some tight-knit families if you all have a hobby you can do. Like if you all like golfing, you can go golf or things like that. For the most part, families especially uh, extended family, you'll have drastically different interests and drastically different ways of living and ideas like uh, our Redditor mentioned. And after even three hours of talking, you know where they are in life. You know what they're doing. You know <laughs> everything about what else is there to really catch up on. Otherwise, you're just going to find yourself sitting there watching TV or something just next to each other. My mother is a brilliant woman because she also hates sitting and doing nothing. So if they're doing like an extended thing, she'll turn it into a vacation. Like, okay, instead of you coming up here, maybe they will for Thanksgiving. Yeah. But if we want to get together, how about we rent a van and let's drive to throw a pin on a map and let's go visit there for a while. Or like my parents, uh, my mother in particular, didn't grow up in Wisconsin, didn't even grow up in Kentucky. Yeah. She grew up in a completely different state. <laughs> Let's go visit there. We haven't been back in 45 years. It might be worth it. Let's go visit, you know, Cody, Wyoming. Let's just go see what it's like now, you know? So th she's very smart, and it'll be like, hey, let's go do something, as opposed to just sit on our couch for seven days. Because That is nice. Yeah. That is almost certainly what all family gatherings were for all holidays and whatnot. People go to typically whoever has the largest house, because most room, and they have dinner, they sit and they chat, and you're just in the house talking and eating, being merry, but just talking the entire time, and that's it. There's only so much of that you can handle. So I think we should take a page out of your mom's book and just go do things just with our family. Go do something. Obviously, that might be a little difficult to orchestrate. I would say if you have children, and likelihood if you have a whole family, there should be some kids. You can make excuses 
to pick locations for kids like that kids would like. Oh, yes. And then everybody is happy because there's something to do. But if need be, the excuse is it's for the kids. Yeah. Or hello, folks. Pick a water park in yep. July. Or it could be even be an indoor one. So the you know if there's grandparents that can't be out in the heat, yep. they can be inside. There are so many options. Also, you know? if everybody's going to be in the same place anyhow, any family can do this because families, especially family gatherings, usually don't happen often and are quite large. And if they're quite large, you can do things like, okay, let's all pitch into this cabin and we can spend the night on the lake. We can go swimming, fires, things like that. And if you have 30 people pitching in, real cheap cabin. <laughs> Dude, oh yeah, listen, camping is a slept on idea. 100%. Like because here's the thing, you're not at home then. Correct. Nobody's intruding on your space. And you're not intruding on anybody else's. It's a it's a middle ground. And it, you could even spend the whole day sitting in a rocking chair doing nothing in the woods. And that would be much more attainable than having your in-laws sit in your rocking chair in your living room doing <laughs> exactly. nothing all day. You know, like once you yes. change the once you change the perspective, yeah. I think we've totally helped this guy. His life is so much better now. And for that, we no, we thank him. He should thank us. He should. I expect a thank you note from that fella. <laughs> <laughs> He'll find us a thank you. Uh, yeah. by the time he hears it though, it'll be a couple years and horrible dark thought, but he won't have in-laws anymore. <laughs> He's like, oh. Thank you. That's life changing. I don't have that problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that or he's six weeks into a nine month stay. Yeah. And he's yeah. finally just given up. <laughs> just put him in hospice and move on. All right. And with that, <laughs> episode 93 of Gentleman's Chat with your hosts, Ian and Billy. <laughs>